When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Pat Cummins. I'm Josh Hazelwood. I'm Elizabeth Kowaja. I'm Mitch Marsh. I'm Mitch Stark, and you're listening to the Unplayable Podcast. This is the Unplayable Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Sam Ferris here, and on this week's episode, we go one-on-one with test off-spinner Nathan Lyon. But before we hear from the GOAT, let's quickly recap Australia's record-breaking win in Zimbabwe. After recording an emphatic nine-wicket win against world number one Pakistan on Monday, Australia made it two from two in the T20 Tri-Series with a 100-run victory on Tuesday. The huge win was built off the back of Aaron Finch's incredible world record 172 from just 76 balls. It was some seriously remarkable hitting. Finch, he hit 16 fours, 10 sixes, and bettered the previous T20 international high score of 156, which he set back in 2013 against England. He was out in the final over, hit wicket of all dismissals, and fell just a few runs short of matching Chris Gale's T20 record of 175. How does somebody score 175 in a T20 match? Incredible. For highlights of Finch's T20 masterpiece, you can head to cricket.com.au or the CA Live app where we've got you covered. Right, now it's time for Nathan Lyon. He's been back about a week from England where he played two matches on Australia's Qantas Tour of England. The results didn't go the Aussies' way, but Lyon will tell you he was happy with how he went. He'll also share some insight into the Justin Langer era and what he thinks about some of the new ICC rules. Be sure to stay tuned for that. So here's Nathan Lyon, and we start by asking him what he made of Aaron Finch's whirlwind hundred. Uh, yeah, no, that was absolutely uh, extraordinary to watch. Um, but credit goes to Aaron Finch. He's a, we know he's a world, world-class destructive batsman. So to see him go out there and score 170-odd in a T20 game was pretty exceptional. So, um, yeah, hats off to Finchy. Could you just believe how well he was sitting in Zimbabwe? We really didn't have any answers when Aaron Finch is in that kind of form. Uh, yeah, but I did feel a little bit sorry for the Zimbabwe bowlers. I, I, I've been on the um, end of Aaron Finch a couple of times, and he's uh, when he wants to hit the ball, he hits it pretty hard. And there's not many grounds. That's, there's probably no ground in the world that's uh, big enough for for Finchy. I know he, he sat one out of, out of the park, but there was talk that uh, that's not the biggest six being hit at Harare. That was a couple of years ago in the Australia Ray Tour. Um, I think it was about number eleven batsman. I think. Yeah, Lyon was his name that uh, <laughs> hit the biggest six ever recorded. But, uh, yeah, no, it was who, great to see. Who did he hit that off? Rory Kleinfeld, I think. Oh, was it? To win the game. So, But, uh, yeah, no, Finchie, Finchie was hitting <laughs> some big balls. It must be good to see the Aussies get a win on the board. It was a tough tour in England. You are over there. But to finally see them get a win on the board in a format that's quickly becoming Australia's best. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. To um, I think that's our first win in, in four months, and especially JL's first win as, as head coach. So no doubt he's he's relieved, and they're pretty happy with that. But there's a lot of work to be done. There's obviously a, it's a young side, um, young squad over there at the moment, and they're playing some great cricket in the T20 format. So hopefully we can learn from our experiences in England and really um, move forward with that in um, the one day international circuit. But uh, off the back of the T20s, they're playing some extra, um, extraordinary cricket at the moment. So hopefully they can keep doing that against Pakistan and Zimbabwe. 
Now you're over there in England. You're a bit of a surprise selection in that one-day series. What was it like? What was your time like over there in England? Uh, yeah, I actually had a really, really great time. Um, obviously, going over there, I, I realised that uh, Ash Nagel was going to get the first opportunity as uh, the spinner in the ODI side. But uh, so I really focused on working hard in the nets and really, really working hard on my fitness as well, um, given the opportunity to just train over there in England. Um, but to be over there in, in amongst the squad, uh, especially a, a young, inexperienced squad, was um, pretty, pretty exciting to be. I know a senior player, even though I've only played now 15 ODIs, um, you feel like personally I could offer a lot to um, a lot of the younger guys, um, just uh, talking about cricket, and, but to have the likes of Ricky Ponting, Brad Haddon and, and Justin Langer, Langer obviously on the coaching staff was uh, yeah pretty exceptional. How did you work with Ash Hager? He did play in all the games that you guys paired up for the final couple of matches. What was it like working with him? Uh, yeah, no, I like Ash. I'm a big fan of Ashton Agar, uh, just the way he goes about his business, um, the way he trains. Um, so we worked really well together at training um, the whole time, and that's including Darcy Short and, and also Travis Head and, and Maxi as well. So the, the spinners actually stuck together pretty well over there on that tour, and uh, to get the opportunity to play with uh, Ashton in the last two ODIs was uh, exciting stuff. JL's first series as coach you've been through. Is this your fourth coach now? Nilsson, Arthur, Lehman Cooley. and Langer. And Cooley, yeah. briefly. So that's, you know, five coaches there. What's the difference between Langer and Buff that you've picked up early on? Uh, it's hard to say just just early. Um, there was a lot of excitement when Buff um, first came in, into the setup um, back in, I think it was 2013, Ashes. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of lot of excitement around um, Justin Langer at the moment. But uh, yeah, he's obviously really passionate and stuff. So he's he's going to be a great coach. There's no doubt about that. It's just about uh, trying to help the younger guys in the squad ASAP and really trying to learn learn about the game. Now JL's got a bit of a reputation as being a real fitness first guy. Did you feel that over there? Uh, yeah, I suppose uh, there's going to be a, a big focus on our on our fitness to uh, make sure we're we're fit enough to perform at the highest level for for long periods uh, of time. So yeah, I think that our fitness is going to be key. Uh, but I, I'm yeah, I don't want to go too far away from our skills because at the end of the day, our skills is going to win us games of cricket. Um, but obviously, our fitness is going to be a, play a massive role in that as well. So I, I do feel like there's going to be a big shift in our in our fitness. Uh, um, I don't know levels, but uh, no, it's exciting times. It's just a bit more hard work, and which is quite enjoyable. Now you were in the sidelines of the dugout, I guess, for that four eight one game when that mm. was unfolding. What was going through your head? Lucky you weren't playing, or just uh, sympathy for the, your teammates? Uh, a bit of both. Like not not so much that I don't want to play. It's more about that it would have been an amazing opportunity, amazing challenge to guys to go out and bowl when the guys are playing like that. But um, firstly, you just try and figure out what to say to the guys on the boundary, fielding on the boundary, and see if you can offer any advice or any assistance or just give them some confidence to go out there. But uh, on another hand, it was pretty amazing to watch. Um, like, first-hand, like, yeah, the, the way they come out, the English come out and played a brave brand of cricket and played with no fear in that game especially um, that's the way they're playing the ODI cricket at the moment they're the number one team in the world for a reason so um, yeah, it was pretty pretty good to watch to be honest and what did you offer? did you did you come up with anything to give the guys on the pantry? Any? 
Uh, yeah, I come up with a few different things, but that got, those uh, ideas got shot down pretty quick. So, uh, um, yeah, but uh, anyway, that's uh, part of the game. When the pressure's on, uh, you've got to be able to perform. So you played those last two one-dayers. Um, how did you rate your form? Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm pretty happy with the, the way I'm bowling at the moment. Obviously, I did a lot of work over in England in the nets before I got the opportunity to play. Um, so I feel like the ball's coming out of my hand really well. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty happy with the way I bowled in the game, games, to be honest. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't uh, get any breakthroughs. I, I felt like they were just sitting on me in the last game and didn't really want to take a risk seeing the, the, the size of the total they were ch- chasing, the, which allowed, allowed them to do that. And obviously, Josh Butler controlled that pretty well. Do you have to change much from one-day cricket to test cricket, knowing that they can sit on you, they've got to force the issue a little bit more? Uh, in reflection, I, I probably should have went to my test match fields type, type thing, had a bat pad and try to really squeeze Adil Rashid and, and even Joss to a certain extent as well. Um, but that's another learning curve. Hopefully if we get in that position again, that we can, uh, we can be better, that, better off for the run. Now the World Cup's 12 months away. Many people thought that this might be a bit of an audition for that tournament. How do you reckon you went? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, pretty pretty confident that I did the role that I got asked to do. Um, and but I think with the World Cup coming up, it's just a great opportunity for, um, especially a young side heading over there to play in those conditions. It was the first time a lot of those guys bowled in international cricket over in England. Um, so it's totally different to bowling in Australia. But uh, I think it was a great opportunity, and I think the guys went. Um, I think the guys are going to learn a lot out of that tour. What do you reckon the biggest takeaways are? That uh, the step up from domestic cricket to international cricket is quite a big step, um, and you've got to be able to focus and, and uh, perform under pressure. Uh, when when the, the, the tables turn and the pressure's right on you to perform, that's when you really need to stand up. And I guess when you go over there and you're playing against the world number one side who will be hosting the World Cup in their home conditions, there is no better way to prepare for that because you're getting thrown right into the heat of the battle straight away. Uh, yeah, especially the side that was just over in England got uh, thrown in the deep end with uh, the number one team, I guess. Um, but that's the best preparation you could ask for. Um, they're playing some extraordinary cricket and it'll be amazing to see if they can keep that um, extraordinary cricket up um, for the next 12 months leading into the World Cup but I see Indian, the Indians played quite a good game of cricket last night against the English um, but they're a classy side they've got some world class players in it so um, yeah, to come up against them in five games was uh, challenging but um, it was a great learning curve I think There's been a lot of talk about how other teams have to adapt to the way England are playing and change their methods Confident that Australia can find their own way, or should emulating England be their sort of number one target? I still think we Australia need to play Australia's way. I don't think we need to be copying what England's doing. Obviously, they're playing some really good cricket. I think we can take some ideas off what they're how how they're approaching the side, uh, the ODI format. But uh, I think we can. Um, I think we'll come up with our own methods, and when we have a few senior players come back, um, the likes of Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. Um, hopefully Smith and Warner as well then you get a lot more experience in, in that side um, so I think uh, Australia need to stick to their strengths um, and I find I believe that if uh, Australia play the best players then, then they'll be okay Now it looks like a doom and gloom 5-0 whitewash but there were some good performances there some uh, 
some positives out of it. Sean Marsh got a couple of hundreds. Aaron Finch back at the top of the got a hundred. Big Billy Stanlake's coming along. Who are some of the players that impressed you over there? Yeah, obviously um, Sean Marsh, the way he he's come back into the squad after not playing ODI cricket for a little while and to be uh, really leading leading our batting was uh, exceptional the way he's gone out and made a couple of hundreds. Um, yeah, then you obviously got Aaron Finch at the top of the order, but also, like, as you said, Billy Stanlake, the way he um, can be, if he gets it right, he can rip rip teams apart, as we saw in Zimbabwe um, the other night against Pakistan. So, uh, yeah, he, he's a he's a, he's a class um, athlete, um, so it's going to be exciting to watch him progress. Prior to this series, there was a bit of talk about uh, how the fans were going to react. You were over there. How was it? I remember reading that story about someone asking you what was in your pocket, and I think you told them the ashes. <laughs> That's a good rebuttal straight away. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. And personally, um, I felt like I was probably the main target of the England England sledges, um, especially that I, I started some stuff before the ashes last year. Um, Do you mean from the crowd? Yeah, from the crowd. Yeah. yeah, the players. The players are fine. They're they're all pretty decent guys, actually. But um, yeah, walking around the the oval carrying the drinks, um, I think I got the whole stand booing me everywhere <laughs> I went. So I was it was good fun. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, they mean it must mean they know who you are. So you must be doing something something all right. But uh, yeah, no, the crowd was pretty brutal. But um, that, that's the English though. And is this? Uh, I guess that's going to be a bit of a warm up for what you can expect next year because you've got the World Cup and then. The ashes right after that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be brutal over there, but um, it's it's white noise really. Um, as I said, if, if people are booing you, that means uh, you must be doing something right, or they fear you. So uh, that's the way I look at it anyway. So I don't mind if people come out and start booing us. Yeah, it just means they they feel threatened by by our cricket skills. Now sitting here in the New South Wales Blues kit, what's next for you? Just pre-season for a little bit. Um, pre-season then leading to um, a decent prep into for the two test series against Pakistan in, I think it's uh, late, oh, we head over late September and I think the test is early October, I believe. Um, so around that time anyway. So that's our that's my next cricket, cricket commitment. But uh, now I'll just be here in Sydney doing some pre-season and, and training hard. 2014, last time Australia went there, was a very um, comfortable series, 2-0, and it was demolishing. Anyway, you look at it, what do you take away from that series? And Are you going to look back on how you played then, or is it just sort of a completely different starting and top series? Uh, no, I think we need to look look the way we played um, back there in 2014. I think um, it's pretty crucial to for us to figure out how to, how to score runs in those conditions, but also to actually how to bowl tight and, and take wickets. Um, Pakistan really really pushed us there um, with their, the way they were playing their brand of cricket. Um, so I think we can definitely take a lot out of that uh, experience of 2014. But saying that, it's, a, it's a going to be a new side. It's going to be a whole new squad. Uh, there's going to be a, a lot of excitement around. It's going to be obviously JL's first test matches as coach, so um, there's going to be a, lo- a lot of um, emotion there, but hopefully we can put the emotion to a side and play on skill and, and really go back to basics and really perform well on the subcontinent. Under JL, there's been a whole lot of talk about the culture shift, not necessarily like the word culture, but did you notice a big shift now that he's in charge? Uh, no, not, not, not a massive shift. As I said before, it's pretty early to, to start comparing Buff and 
Buff and JL and even the rest of the coaches that I've been able to have, every time a new coach comes in, it's pretty exciting and everyone's out to impress. So uh, I think it's um, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Obviously, JL's a quite passionate player, uh, player of and coach of the Cricket Australia. So I think he wears his heart on his sleeve and. I think that's a that's a great great thing for a, for a coach, but uh, I think we have to basically just go back to doing the basics really well, uh, and just competing competing one ball at a time, and that's going to be one big clear message that is. And you've got a lot of experience in Asia since that 2014 series, particularly in Bangladesh and India. We've done really well. Do Asian conditions hold fewer fears for you now after those? Um good series yeah i don't think there was any fears i think it's always been a great challenge um so going out heading over to dubai and i know we'll have a good prep at the icc um there um that they produce some really great training wickets for us so um we know they're going to probably be flatter wickets than what they were in bangladesh or um in india but it provides a great challenge against some great players of spin i believe pakistan they play spin quite quite well so it's going to be another new challenge for myself but uh, it's something that i'm not scared of that's for sure it's uh, it's, it's exciting to to try and take these guys on in, in their home conditions now the icc have made some changes will come into effect probably around the same time as that test series they're going to turn the stat marks up at all times they're going to increase the bans for uh, the punishments for ball tampering and, and introduce new offences, one being offensive language and, and things like that. Upon hearing that stuff and those changes, what have you made of it? Yeah, no, I totally agree with um, the ball tampering stuff. But um, to be honest with you, I'm not the biggest fan of the stump mics being turned up. I think uh, what's what's on the field needs to stay on the field. It seems like they're just trying to get rid of foul language, isn't it, by bringing that as a new offence and then turning the stump mics up. But do you think that it gets out of hand out there. I know you've been through lots of stuff that's happened in South Africa, but in terms of that sort of language, does it get, ever get out of hand? Uh, no, there's a few expletives flying around when people don't ex- execute their skills. So, well, that's right. That's another thing, isn't it? Because it's not always directed at the opposition. No, it's no, at yourself it's sometimes. Very, very rarely that the people are um, sharing expletives with the opposition or, or an umpire or official. Um, so it's very rarely that case has happened. That, so that's where I'm not the biggest fan of the stunt mics coming out because we're a lot of role models and I'm not saying swearing's okay in that, but uh, when you're competing at the highest level and under extreme amount of pressure, sometimes you miss your skill and um, therefore an expletive may come out. Um, but we're going to have young kids watching, so that's where... As grown men, I guess we need to try and pull our heads in and, and realise that uh, we're we're massive role models for the game and, and especially in cricket Australia all and all around the world. So it's going to be pretty pretty interesting times, I guess. All right, Nathan, thank you very much for coming. Are you going to the gym today? Yeah, just going to do an arm session. <laughs> all right, mate. Well, all the best and uh, chat to you soon. Thanks, Sammy. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much again for listening. Don't forget, you can catch all the action of Australia's T20 Tri-Series from Zimbabwe on Fox Sports from 6pm AEST. And if you can't get to a television, don't worry. Head to cricket.com.au for all your news, scores and video. How 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.